You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Anytime you're telling a story that starts with, well, everybody knows that, you know, you can't just go to bed with dirty counters. Well, I would, yes, you can. It turns out you can go to bed with dirty counters and people do it all the time. I mean, nobody wants to eat off truly filthy counters, but, <laughs> but I'm guessing those counters will get dirty again Encrusted. the next day. Perhaps that's where we draw the that's line. That's maybe where we draw the line, but uh, the counters will in fact get dirty again the next day, whereas you won't get that time back. Hey there, welcome to U-Turns, the podcast where we talk about changing direction, turning around, being different. I am Lisa Oz. And I'm Jill Herzig. And um, as we talk about transformation, I feel like the topic comes up often. How do we manage our time? How do we manage our time when we're trying to navigate some sort of complicated, weird snaggle in our lives? So well, what kind of a time manager? I, I, You are a massive time manager. I feel like this podcast, you can just take off your earphones and leave the room because you are so not, good with though. time. I'm not, and I'm worse. There was a time when I worked a big job and I had an assistant. And, you know, I say that she moved me around on the game board of my life. That is what I would always feel. I had a series of fantastic assistants for whom I will be eternally grateful. Without them, though— I'm my own assistant. I yell at my inner assistant all the time because she messes up all the time. And no, I don't. I feel like my time management is is not my my great strength. Well, you you fake it really well because from the outside it looks like you're doing perfectly with time management. I, on the other hand, really need to talk to our guest today because she is the time maven. She is the host of two podcasts. See, she's really—we can barely struggle with this one. I know. Um, Before Breakfast and Best of Both Worlds. Um, and the, she's also an author. She's got a bunch of books. Her most recent is Juliet's School of Possibilities. We are joined today by the beautiful Laura Vanderkam. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. And I need your help so badly. 
because I am a master procrastinator. Um, and this podcast is about change and transformation, but I think so many of us, myself included, feel like we just can't fit it into what we're doing. We're so Our lives are so crammed with stupid, busy stuff that we can never actually do anything different. Can you fix us? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you both seem very functional. <laughs> we're all here, so we, we, we <laughs> solve that problem at least. Um, no, I mean, the difficulty with time is that it keeps passing whether you think about how you're spending it or not. And so it's very easy to spend time mindlessly and consciously sort of taking ourselves out of this flowing river to ask, well, where is my time going? Is it going to the right places? Am I happy about this? Am I not happy about this? It takes a lot of effort. And of course, when you're so busy, it's hard to put effort into things. And also, when you're going through change, your focus is not at its best anyway, you know? So I think there there is a, an sort of a, a time management blow-up that happens when you're going through any kind of life transition. Um, Except, as Lisa says, that's a moment when it's really critical to be able to take stock. So, so what's—give us a method. Um, what's the starting place for, for managing our time better? Well, I think for anyone, and certainly for people in transition, it really helps to figure out where the time is actually going. Because especially when there is a lot of change, we have a tendency to tell ourselves all sorts of stories about where the time might be going. And maybe they're true, but maybe they're not. So we want to make sure, um, because if you're trying to make changes, you need to know where you are now. How, otherwise, how do you know if you're changing the right thing? Maybe something that you thought was a problem really isn't. Maybe something you've never even considered, taking far more time than you might have imagined. So I always recommend as the first step, try tracking your time. Ideally for a week, a couple days is okay. Um, a week is is best because that's the actual cycle of life as we live it. And it doesn't and have how, to be— how granular do you yeah, have to get? No, I mean, I'm not saying like, get up, you know, every time you get up to get a glass of water, you have to write that down. That, that would be impossible to stick with. Uh, I track my time in these uh, half-hour blocks. Um, and I find that a half hour is enough to give me a good picture of where the time is going, but isn't so detailed that I get overwhelmed. And I'm not writing down every half hour in the sense of checking in every half hour. I probably check in about three times a day and write what I did since the last time. And I know this doesn't sound like a tremendous amount of fun. Um, you know, it, it, writing where the time goes is about as much fun as, as tracking your spending or tracking your eating or the other things that that people suggest. But it is so useful, uh, and and one of the key reasons to do it is we often see that things are going better than we think they are. You know, we have a tendency to invent all sorts of catastrophes about how behind we are, how we're dropping you know, balls left and right, and that may not be the case. It may be that you are spending quite a bit of time with the people who are important to you. It may be that you are you know, not sleeping well every night, but some nights are doing better than others. It may be that you do have some pockets of high-quality leisure time, maybe not as much as you want, but it might be some. And and so when we see that, it often gives us permission to relax a little bit. And when you're in that more relaxed sense of abundance, then you can start making the changes that you do need to make. So let's pretend that I've kept this journal. And <laughs> let's pretend. <laughs> let's pretend. <laughs> and maybe I'm not as productive as I would like to be, and I see like, oh, you spent half an hour making toast and drinking tea. Um, you have seven secrets to time management that will help us, I, I 
No, you don't? I, I'm sure I do. I'm trying to think which seven. <laughs> you have a bunch of secrets. I have a bunch of secrets. We don't okay, have seven. To... All right, I will come up, okay. <laughs> come right. up with seven. I, the, the, the secrets that I learned from you, yes. which I have not yet applied, but um, the first one was tend your garden, then you had make life memorable. Are these secrets? These are chapter titles for, yes. uh, from a book that uh, yes. came out about a year ago. Yes, now, yes. You're, now you've helped me remember. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to share those with us? Oh, sure. Well, okay. I mean, the tending your garden metaphor is is what we were just talking about, about figuring out where the time goes and then asking yourself the questions of what you like and what you don't like. Similar if you were, you know, tending a garden, you're weeding, you're pruning, you're saying, do I like that there? Do I want something else there? And, you know, over time, you can build quite a beautiful thing as long as you recognize that there is work involved in it. You know, a garden is not a set it and forget it sort of thing. And the same thing with a schedule. But if you put yourself in the position of being that master gardener, you can make all sorts of wonderful things happen with your life. And and I think that that sense of autonomy and control is is the most important thing to come out of tracking your time. Because you start to see that I do have some power to make decisions. Maybe there are things that feel like they are not so much choices. These are obligations I have or things that I have to deal with in my life. But there's probably some space within the garden of a schedule that we can exercise some autonomy over. And as we figure out how we can make the best choices with that over time, we can start to expand that sphere of influence. Okay, so another one that you talk about is don't fill time. What is, I mean, I feel like... Anytime I see a little chunk open, I think, how, how should I best fill this? Yeah, we all have a tendency to do that. And, and I think it's many of us have this unquestioned story in our heads that the busier you are, the more important you are. And on some level, it makes sense, right? Because when somebody is important, there's a lot of demand for their time, right? That That's why they're important. Uh, you know, there, lots of people want to see them and so forth. But it doesn't actually logically follow that these people pack every minute of their schedule. Um, many of the most successful people I've ever studied have used the power they do have over their time to leave open blocks of space. And there's a couple reasons for this. I mean, one is everything takes longer than you think it will. I mean, there's traffic on the way into work. Imagine that. <laughs> you know, it takes longer to get somewhere in the rain. Who would have thought? Right, right. A meeting ran over. Oh, my goodness, never happened before. <laughs> All these things, right, are, are entirely anticipatable. And so because of that, it helps to leave open, open space. But it's it's not just about those practicalities. It's about recognizing that open space invites opportunity into our lives. If you're having a really good conversation with someone and it's leading to all sorts of interesting revelations and things you might want to try in the future and ideas, it is so awesome to be able to stick with that conversation, not be like, yeah, I got another meeting, you know, 2.30 next and then 3 o'clock next and so forth like that. So the only way you can do that is to not fill time. Yeah. Book book enough of it. Leave bumpers on the sides of meetings. I've noticed that um, our new scheduling software at, at my at my other job, I got a lot of hustles here, um, you know, has an option to, when you book an hour, it actually only books 50 minutes for the meeting. Ooh, nice. And I, I feel like actually what's happening is these, these developers are realizing that people are going a little nuts and that the tools that they've created so that we can very easily pack our schedules and, do, you know, shove much more into every every day that actually that's not doing anybody any favors. So they're 
Do you, do you consult with any of these companies, by the way? <laughs> well, what I find hilarious about the electronic calendars, I mean, you can, like, triple book yourself for a time slot, which is really funny yeah, if you think really about it. Yeah, it doesn't stop you. <laughs> it doesn't stop you at all. It doesn't remind you, by the way, these two things are, are 30 minutes apart from each other, and yet you have scheduled yourself back-to-back into them. Curious that. You know, they need a little, um, I don't know to say what those little paperclip, like, come up and tell you, this is a bad idea. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, no, I mean, I, we all need to be more judicious with what we agree to take on, and, and one of one of the things I often suggest to people is whenever you're asked to do something in the future, ask yourself if you'd do it tomorrow. Because it's really hard to have that same sense of opportunity cost and how much energy you'll have and what you'll want to take on and how busy you'll be for a time in the future. I mean, if somebody asked me to do something in October, well, I look at my October calendar and it looks pretty open. So, yeah, I'm free. <laughs> sure, I've got nothing going on in October. Happy to take that on. That is not how it's going to feel that's in October. totally not how it's going to be in October. You know, I'm going to be just as busy as I am now, only I'll have this other thing that I really didn't want to do that's also going to be on my calendar now. I'll be even busier. So better to ask if you'd do it tomorrow. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk more about how to make our calendars more productive. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We are chatting with Laura Vanderkam, and we're trying to figure out time management here. And you've got two podcasts. One of them is um, called Best of Both Worlds, which is because you're a mom, too. You're not just the the time guru. Um, a mom of many. <laughs> four children, yes. Uh, so I, we're all juggling women here. Uh, how do you figure out—because being a mom can be a full-time job, and jobs certainly can suck up all your time— is it possible to have it all? I mean, do you schedule every minute? Is that the only way you could 
have it all or is that a myth and we should all just give it up right now? I I do think that people can have it all if you define having it all as having, you know, a career you really enjoy, um, a family you also really enjoy, and and time for your personal pursuits too. Um, and I don't think doing all those things requires scheduling every minute of your life. I do think it requires being careful with your time and mindful and intentional about how you spend your time. But I, I certainly don't think those are in opposition. And uh, in Best of Both Worlds, which I, I co-host with my friend Sarah Hart Unger, who is a practicing physician and mom of three small children, so a lot on her plate as well, we, we talk about it from this angle of people who are loving careers, loving families, wanting to do their own things as well. Because um, we felt there was really a, a gap in the market. Because as you said, a lot of the content aimed at moms is, is pretty negative and saying you won't be able to do these things, you know, that you're going to have to make all these harsh trade-offs. And my point is always there, there are 168 hours in a week, which is quite a bit of time. Um, if you are working 40 hours a week, so that's a full-time job, and sleeping eight hours a night, which a lot of people claim not to do, but let's say you're doing, uh, that, that's 56 hours per week, that leaves 72 hours to do other things. Uh, so I suspect it's quite possible to spend a lot of quality time with your family, um, spend some time with friends, spend some time exercising, spend some time reading, uh, if you're careful about how you allocate those Can hours. you spend some time just doing boring, stupid stuff? If you if you want to, like watching, like binge watching Netflix, is that okay? You ever? certainly can. <laughs> if it brings you joy, <laughs> if it brings you joy into your schedule, by all means, watch whatever show you want to watch on Guilt Netflix. Guilt-free? Guilt-free. I think the, the problem arises when people don't recognize that leisure time is occurring and so spend it in sort of mindless ways. Like we just pick up our phones and sort of start scrolling through stuff, you know, looking at photos of on Facebook of people from high school you weren't that fond of in the first place. <laughs> and, and then, you know, whole hours can disappear into this. And you know, especially when you are so busy, it can be very frustrating if you spend leisure time mindlessly like that. So I you know, tell people, like, think about it. What would bring you joy? And if it's Choosing to watch an hour of a favorite television show, do that, right? And know you are doing it and choose to do that and enjoy it and savor it while you're no doing guilt. it. No guilt. No guilt. Okay. Guilt is pretty useless in any case. Yeah. So, okay, now switching into work mode, you talk about um, not about working only to the point of diminishing returns and that sort of rule of economics as applied to your work. How does that how does that apply? Well, with most things that we allocate resources to, there, there comes this point of diminishing returns. So, you know, if you are eating a brownie, for instance, the first four or five bites are amazing. Maybe the 10th bite is sort of less exciting and probably the 100th bite would be no fun at all. Um, so it, it's the same point of, of diminishing returns. And, and there's been some interesting studies looking at this, you know, the amount of errors people make when their hours go north of about 50 a week, for instance, um, that you, you just become less efficient as you become tired. And you can do certain things to renew your energy, but you need to sort of pay attention to the hours as a whole. The good news is if you are smart about how you spend your work hours, you can do a lot in 40, you know, certainly in 50 hours a week. Um, but you need to pay attention to when do I have the most energy? What sort of work should be done at the time when I have the most energy? What sort of work is better suited to time when I don't have as much energy? Um, how can I make sure that I am 
making space not just for the things that are right in front of me, demanding to be done, the urgent stuff, but also nurturing work relationships, um, building up yourself as an expert in a field, for instance, and all that's involved in networking. But if you are intentional, if you think through your work week, you can make space for all of that. Mm. There was a sentence that you wrote that actually stuck with me when, when I was reading your material, and it's, Choices skillfully made lead to freedom. Can you unpack that for us? Yeah, this was a a great quote that I came across from a um, Buddhist teacher. Um, But it's just pointing out that um, I think it was mindfulness ultimately leads to having more time. Because when we choose how to spend our hours, then we start to put the good stuff in and then see what other time is also available to relax, to have leisure time. I know that the days and the weeks when I am better about thinking through what would I really like to do this week, um, what time is available to me, when can those things go, what doesn't matter as much, I feel like I have so much more time. And it's it's been almost amazing, you know, when— because I am a mother of four small children, things go wrong all the time. I mean, this is the nature of, of family <laughs> life. Um, and, you know, we had we had some, you know, things happen in the fall with, like, you know, kids and ER visits, as always happens. Everyone's all right. But uh, I was so amazed that one week that that happened, how productive I felt because I had identified sort of the three things that absolutely had to happen that week. And even if I'd spent much of Monday in the ER— I still knew what three things had to get done, and so I wasn't making myself busy with all the other stuff that did not absolutely have to get done. But I did those three things. Now, I probably didn't do anything else, but those three things got done. And so, hey, you know, I'm good. Yeah. And mindfulness leads did, to this sense of freedom. You did a great job. Yeah. So it sounds to me like you must be pretty good at saying no to things because part of planning your time is planning what you're not going to do. So how yeah. do you, what's your, what's your no style? My no style. Well, I, I do try to ask myself that question. Will I do it? Would I do it tomorrow? Um, is this something I want to take on compared to the other things I could be doing with that hour? Um, you know, and we, we are, somebody just asked to have a phone call. It seems like, oh, it's just a phone call. But that's an hour that you could, you know, go walk outside on a beautiful spring day, for instance. Is it is that phone call adding more to your life than the walk on the beautiful spring day? While you're on that walk, you may have an awesome idea um, related to your business, to your career, to something else you want to do in life. Is that phone call worth more than giving yourself the chance to come up with that amazing idea? I think these are the sorts of questions we need to ask. But, you know, I don't want to just make it sound like you should just say no to everything because I think sometimes people who've been very, very busy get in their mind like, okay, now I need to learn to say no. And that may be true. But part of learning to say no is also recognizing when something is a good opportunity and learning to say yes to the right things and saying yes wholeheartedly to things that maybe, you know, doesn't seem like the sort of thing someone like us should do or should have the space for. Um, I see this especially when I, you know, I, a lot of my literature has been aimed at parents of small children, for instance. I think mothers in particular often feel like, oh, well, I couldn't travel to that conference. I couldn't take on that promotion because it would involve a lot of demands. But if it's something that really excites you and would make you want to come to work, 
and you think you could uniquely contribute to, maybe you should say yes, right? You shouldn't just listen to that story that just because I have these family responsibilities means I can't do those things. Now, if you take that on, you may need to say no to some other things. But I'm guessing there's a bunch of lower value work tasks and such that you could say no to. What's your filter for that, though? Because I think a lot of us will take on anything anyone throws at us, you know, especially at work. You want to be the helpful person. You want to be the go-to person. Um, and as a mom, maybe you I'm just never not a helpful no. person. Oh, I don't no. know. <laughs> no, no, I, I see this. I, I have some friends who I, I see that in, that they say yes to everything as soon as someone asks. Um, I love the rubric that um, Gretchen Rubin has of people who are upholders, people who are obligers. Um, and so obligers, of course, when somebody else asks them to do something, they will automatically say yes, and sort of a people-pleasing kind of person. And some of us may be less oriented that way. Uh, so, you know, but I think the, the rubric that um, of, of going through, would I do this tomorrow? Because if I, if I would cancel things for tomorrow, if I'd move stuff around to put this in tomorrow, because I'm pretty excited about it, that's a good sign that I should say yes to it in the future. Love that. When we come back, we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk fiction. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We've been chatting with Laura Vanderkam about time management. And what is shocking to me is how well you've managed your time so that you not only host two podcasts, but you have written books on time management. And your latest book, Juliet's School of Possibilities, is a story. It's like, it's not even like a self-help book. It's really a story. Um, How did that happen? 
Well, there's some history of there being uh, business fables. Um, many of the best-selling business books of all time have been things like Five Dysfunctions of a Team or The One-Minute Manager, which are attempting to teach a lesson but in the form of a story. And I know that people love stories. I, I give a lot of speeches, and nobody ever comes up to me afterwards and says, yeah, that statistic. I <laughs> love that statistic. That moved me, right? You know, it, it's always this, oh, the story you told about this. And, and people can cite these stories back to you almost perfectly. It's, it's amazing how good our memory is for stories. So um, I thought, well, I've been writing a lot of time management literature. Maybe I should try a different tactic. And, and the publisher I'd been working with over the years is also interested in doing fables. So we came up with the idea of Juliet's School of Possibilities, which is a fable about an ambitious young woman whose life is falling apart on various dimensions because she cannot figure out how to spend her time well. She winds up at, at Juliet's School of Possibilities where her mentor, Juliet, shows her what it truly means to, you know, make good choices. Are you Juliet? I am not Juliet. <laughs> I so wish I were Juliet. But I've interviewed so many amazing people over the years, and, and the lessons I have learned from them sort of could be put together to create this, this figure of Juliet, who is a successful businesswoman, a, you know, loving mother, and very calm. <laughs> I think that's the part that really gets me, um, because I may sometimes feel like, oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm doing good on and making the the business stuff work, the family stuff work, but I'm a little bit tense. Um, and and so, so her, she's different. So what's the the school of possibilities? What's the most important lesson you could draw from there? Well, at the school of possibilities, Riley is shown different versions of her life which is based on different choices uh, she might make about how she spends her time, whether she just reacts to whatever is right in front of her, whatever seems most urgent, whatever is blinking, versus, you know, if she puts thought into it and makes sure she makes time in her busy schedule for the things that align with her long-term goals. And these two visions are entirely different. And it's not even that sort of false choice that a lot of people have, oh, I'll either be professionally successful or I'll be personally successful. These two things are at odds. It's really one vision she's not professionally or personally successful, and the other she's both because it's the same mindset, that I am choosing what is most important to put my time in and recognizing that I cannot do everything. So I have to make choices of which things are, are most important. And, and so when she learns to do that, she starts rapidly um, making changes in her life, um, trying to put the pieces of her life back together. And I guess readers will have to find out if she succeeds. So <laughs> the, I loved the story, and it felt a little bit like Dickens' A Christmas Carol um, because you have the, you know, the, future, the future visions. But what I found sort of ironic was that this is a woman who has, I think by the time of the book is over, a thousand emails in her inbox. And the first choice she makes after her epiphany is is to go for a bike ride, which was wild. Because sometimes I think I just think that is where we need to go, right? Just the opposite of whatever it is we're doing. 
Yeah, because it turns out those thousand emails will still be there after the bike ride. <laughs> and they'll be there whether you go for the bike ride or not, but your ability to deal with what you need to deal with coming out of those thousand emails may be better if, if you go on the bike ride. And also, I mean, getting through those thousand emails wasn't going to help her save her career. I mean, her career was already falling apart. She needed something new uh, to, to pull herself out of this hole, uh, her company giving her an ultimatum that she was soon going to be out. So, you know, if the same thing you've been doing isn't working, you probably should try something different. So let me ask you, sometimes I think to, to make changes in the way you use your time, you're really talking about making a profound change in yourself. I mean, you know, for example, one of the people I admire most in this world is a fantastic professional, killing it on so many levels. Her house is a complete disaster area. And I feel that every time I go over to her house, I think, no wonder she is so incredible. And if I could just let go of the stupid counterwiping situation that I have in my head, maybe I too would have, you know, would be on the freeway a little bit more the way she is. But I'm a counterwiper. My mother made me into a counterwiper. I do it especially <laughs> when I'm angry. So how do I get—I I actually I want to get over this. I don't want to be a passive-aggressive cleaning person. I want to free up that time and let things be a little bit more of a zoo at my house. But this is profound. How do I how do I dig this out of me? Yeah, we have all sorts of stories that we tell ourselves that are often based on the way we grew up. And anytime you're telling a story that starts with, well, everybody knows that, you know, you can't just go to bed with dirty counters. Well, I would, yes, you can. It turns out you can go to bed with dirty counters and people do it all the time. I mean, nobody wants to eat off truly filthy counters, but <laughs> but I'm guessing those counters will get dirty again Encrusted. the next day. Perhaps that's where we draw the that's line. That's maybe where we draw the line, but uh, the counters will, in fact, get dirty again the next day, whereas you won't get that time back. Or, you know, we have the story of—I always joke about this—the 11 p.m. home inspection. There's a lot of people who— <laughs> have somehow absorbed this story that there is an 11 p.m. home inspection, and if the house is not picked up, they can't go to bed because will there will be an 11 p.m. home on, inspection. On before breakfast because <laughs> I love how short, sweet, and to the point before breakfast is. You're very careful with your listener's time, of course. And that one belongs on there. That I, one I'm belongs need on there. The reminder. Okay. Like, there is no There is home no inspection. 11 p.m. home inspection. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, I know it's hard to change these stories. I mean, we can—if if the counter-wiping is about working off stress, maybe there's some other thing that would be more productive to do with that stress, like going for a run or, you know, punching a, a punching bag or, or something along those lines. Um, writing in a journal, these all might be things that would help I'm going to have a giant punching bag installed in my kitchen. I could just hang it from the ceiling next to the sink. Or just stop stressing about having clean counters and, yes. and enjoy your clean counters. <laughs> right. And listen to a podcast while you're wiping while down I'm your— wiping. Yes, Maybe and you're multitasking. Isn't. Is multitasking good or bad? It depends how you're multitasking. Um, I think the, the most common form of multitasking is the one that really gets us in trouble, which is— you're attempting to do two things at once that are using related parts of your brain. So you're on a conference call and you're trying to check email at the same time. Um, you are probably not really paying attention to both of them. And I know this. It's so tempting to do because, you know, you're on a call for an hour and possibly you're not needed for the whole hour. And uh, like, oh, I'll just check my email, see what's coming in. And inevitably, when I do that, people are like, and Laura, what did you think of that? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's actually so common now that people don't even really apologize. They say, oh, I checked out for a second. What was the question? 
I mean, I have this. This happens. Are you serious? Oh yeah, this happens. Okay, maybe with I'm, I haven't quite gotten myself to that level. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been able to. Send. I've actually been doing a lot of video chats lately to get around that issue. It sort of forces everyone to pay more attention, and I feel bad about it. Some as a you know work from home mom because I often don't wish to do my hair and makeup before being on a video call. But on the other hand, you pay so much more attention, and it also forces the issue a little bit more, which is that. If you can be checking email during it, maybe you don't need to be on the call. Or maybe you don't need to be on the call for the whole time. I mean, you could be on for 10 minutes and then you And know, you can be, be more honest about yeah, that. Yeah, be, more, say, be honest about I'm, it. Say, you know, I, I see the rest of this agenda doesn't have anything to do with me. I think probably you guys could just continue this without me or, you know, or, or release other people if you're in the position, the sort of managerial position of the call and say, well, for the first 15 minutes we need everyone and then after that we only need these two people. I mean, that, that's entire—if people did that, it would free up all sorts of space. Are you a fan of finding, like, five minutes here and five minutes there? Do you have to have big chunks of time to make a difference in your schedule? Or can it be, like, the 15 minutes you grabbed because the traffic was moving? Um, I think you can definitely use small bits of time. I— I'm a little bit wary of, of these sort of time hacks I read about online all the time that, that promise to save you little bits of time here and there. Because, I mean, if you take— 30 seconds less in the shower. I'm not really sure what you're going to do with that. <laughs> this doesn't seem like this is going to change your life in any measurable way. Um, but that said, you don't need huge chunks of time in order to do things. And and some of the biggest changes I've, or more practical changes I've made in my life have come out of recognizing that you can use small bits of time. Um, so for instance, putting the the Kindle app on my phone so I can read ebooks in short chunks of time that I might have been tempted just to be deleting emails or scrolling around online. Now I can actually read books. And it's somewhat amazing how much literature you can get through in those small chunks of time. Laura, thank you so much for being with us today. Great advice. Thank you for having me. If you want to hear more from Laura, check out her podcast, Before Breakfast, or go to her website, lauravandercam.com. My thanks as well, and thanks to Alicia Haywood, our fantastic producer, and thanks to all of you listening. Please, will you do us a favor? Rate and review us if you have not done so already. We'd love to know how you're feeling about this podcast, and connect with us here at U-Turns Podcast. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.